you put this on, you're listening to Ebro and Ari. I get it. If it's they not- know what they're gonna get. If they tuned in to Ebro and Ari, they know what they if you thought it was something else, <laughs> bro, congratulations, you played yourself. Amen. The message. Spotlighting the most important voices of today with Ebro. An open dialogue about their experiences in these times and the music that inspires them. Welcome to the message. Brought to you by Apple Music. I'm your host, Ebro Darden, and today I'm happy to welcome a friend of mine to the program, the Emmy Award-winning journalist and attorney, my guy Ari Melber. You may know him from his MSNBC program, The Beat with Ari Melber, his Apple Music show, Nevuary Radio, or from his recent viral dissection of Jay-Z's verse on God Did. We talked about the verse, plus the January 6th hearings, and how he uses his favorite hip-hop bars to help him break down the news on air. He's also put together an exclusive message playlist, which he calls The Facts and What Slaps. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Message. You know, we gather, we talk, and I bring people on who might be music, might not, but they have a message. Today, Ari Melber of MSNBC's The Beat joining us. What's up, Brody? Yo, honor to be here with you. Yeah, man. Uh, so everybody that comes on puts together a playlist. So not only do we talk about something, that is their message, uh, we try to find some music that they want to share with the people that may align with their message or it just might be some heat rocks. They want to just, you know, <laughs> let people know they know what time it is. It's all good. Uh, you put together a playlist, the message playlist. Y'all look for it. It's available right now on Apple Music. Uh, what do you have on this playlist and what is your message? And do they tie together? All great questions. My message is the truth still matters. Okay, I like this. And we live in a world sometimes where a lot of people seem to be telling you it doesn't matter or they have their own truth. Or alternative facts. Or alternative. Um, and I don't even mean it super politically, though we can obviously get into that. I just mean at a larger level, are you dealing with people who can accept truth and that there's a way to try to find it, however imperfect, or not? Mm. And the, the, what I'm doing with my time and energy is still about the truth. I work in the news, I've also worked here, I've also worked with Apple Music, Nebuary Radio, and you're an Apple executive, yes. so you know about that. Yeah, I know all about People it. People can find that, but, but first they can find this, and so, my message is the facts and what slaps. <laughs> the facts and what slaps. So let's get into some let's records into soon. It. The first question I have for you, for the viewers, since you cover this a lot, and the listeners, you cover this a lot on your show, The Beat, MSNBC, uh, every day, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern, the YouTube playlist also tries to slap. Yeah. The viewers will decide day to day. Um, but I always tell people, yeah, you can find, find my playlist here on Apple. Search Melbourne on Apple Music. You can find more than one thing. We're doing our Ebro thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the easiest way, if you're a digital person, just go on YouTube. You're going to find our, our latest segments and reports. Um, people break laws. It's That's true. a fact. That's a fact. Uh, the truth is people break laws, but they don't all go to jail. Facts. We're currently watching individuals uh, who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, some who broke the law have gone to jail. I think that it's hundreds of people yeah. have been at varying levels put in jail or fined or whatever, or whatever. But the individuals that influenced these people to act this way, I don't believe have seen any time. Are we going to see people do time for the fact that they committed a crime? And the truth is... This is the question. 
I happen to like Ebro. That's a publicly known, confirmed yeah. thing. Yeah. But I'm going to say this. You just, separate from the fact that I like you, made the most important distinction, and it's one we've explored in our reporting. Right. Which is if you have a conspiracy, and you have the pawns here doing it, and the pawns are going to jail, and that's not a left-right thing. That's just a, you were caught trespassing. You were caught obstructing a proceeding of the government. That's another federal Harming felony. Someone. You were caught assaulting and battering officers. Destroying. Right, destroying because, because you're part of a movement that hates blue lives and hates the police. You hate the police so much you beat on them for hours. And because of other privilege reasons and the perhaps numerical mismatch, you didn't get shot. But that's that movement, right? But that's still pawns. And you're talking about legally, do you go up the conspiracy line and go to the to the rooks, right? To the knights. Do you even go after the king, right? That's the fundamental question in all this because I think at the end of the day, the insurrection was a national security and democratic scandal of historic proportions. And if you only go after the so-called little guys, then, to quote a writer that I really like, a failed coup that goes unpunished becomes a training exercise. That's right. And so that's, I think, the biggest, yes, factual legal question that the, that the country faces. Um, and do you, like I've said for years now, years, all the way leading up to January 6th, that if Trump doesn't go to jail or lose all of his money, or both, we will have more and more individuals attempting to do the things that he did before January 6th and after. And so we're setting a precedent here. And could our inability to accept the terms of not being the exceptional America that everyone has marketed and wants to believe in because we wouldn't hold individuals that we put in jobs accountable, mm -hmm. is that now fractured? Yes. Permanently. I, I don't know if it's permanent. Uh, I can tell you, you have to have a system that follows the evidence without fear or favor. We hear those words thrown around, but they mean a lot. I mean, to take the violent examples where I think there still tends to be some greater unity about if somebody is going around the neighborhood murdering all these different people, right, most folks think, well, you have to go follow the evidence and convict them if you have the evidence. You don't then say, well, but what if they murder one of the prosecutors? What if they murder me for supporting the rule of law, right? It almost goes without saying that the murderer is going to act like If they murdered random people, they might murder you to keep themselves out of jail. That's the whole problem. Right. Right? That's why since back to kings and queens and then democracy and rule of law, we have these systems. And we could talk about a racist drug war and draconian excessive punishment. We could talk about the way the justice system in America and other countries has folded in under capitalism and failed. And failed. We could talk about all that. But if you go to the extreme of like somebody is literally just walking around trying to murder everyone or take over the government so they can run an oppressive regime. That would be the most obvious, highest form of unity you got to deal with that person. And what do we have right now in America? We have people in positions of power saying, well, if we pursue the evidence against, say, Mr. Trump or others, well, there could be a backlash or there could be violence. And it's like, duh. That's, well, you're talking about the people who just violently attacked the Capitol. So A, they're already doing it. So it's not like, oh my God, what are they going to do? They did it. B, you're literally giving me El Chapo energy, 
like, well, if we, per, if we pursue him, it could get really violent. Well, one, it already was violent because of, wait, it's not a mystery, because of El Chapo. That's why it was already violent, right? Well, and in now, this case, Donald Trump. Well, yeah, I'm using, you know, yeah, yeah. Alec, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen a lyric that has more than one piece of meaning. No, I got you. I just didn't want Chapo to get the, the brunt of all of it. He's <laughs> yeah. done his, he's doing his time. I wanted to make sure Trump's name was still, yeah. so people didn't lose Trump's the point. Trump's name was in there. That's right. And my job is not to prejudge any person and I take that seriously. So if there, is a if there is a trial of Donald Trump, I don't begin assuming he's guilty. I begin following the evidence. I can tell you there's a lot of evidence to convict him of, of election-related crimes, right. but I don't begin prejudging. By the way, that's because of my job. A citizen can decide what they want to decide that's right. and have their view and speak on it. That's but right. in my role, which I do take seriously, so I'm not assuming anything, but I will follow the evidence. So if you take a Trump as a potential defendant and he is being treated as a, what we call in the law a subject, which is very bad because you witnessed as you saw the shit, right? Can I say that here? Yeah, you said it. It happened. Right? It happened. As subject, you're real close to it. Yeah. After that, you become a person of interest, a target, or a defendant. So on that scale, he's already being treated like a subject. That's not me saying that. Now, whether he becomes a defendant, we'll see. So... Yes, if you are afraid or unwilling to prosecute those types of individuals because of what they're going to do, you've already lost the rule of law. His name is Ari Melbourne. He's on The Message. Uh, and that, I thought, was a good kickoff to your message, which is? The truth matters. Right. Yeah. So we're going to follow the truth and hopefully see if it matters. Yeah. When did you, Ari Melbourne? know that using your affinity and love for hip hop was going to help you in your media career as a news person. Mm. When did that click? Like, what was the moment? Did something happen? Was there a, you did it once, just like threw off the cuff and it like exploded? It's a, so no one's ever asked it quite that way, but I've been asked about this and for folks who don't know, so I host this news show and I also weave culture into it. Which we're gonna get to your breakdown of the yeah. Jay-Z so I, I guess the, the, the real answer is I was always quoting bars and a lot of times in my life, long before I started appearing on television, people would be like, stop. <laughs> and I would be like, no. Or now, <laughs> pause, could you help yourself? <laughs> or like, or was it just that's how your brain works? Because that, that, that's two different things. It was that. That my brain, you, you love hip hop and it just, were so listening to it as a child and coming up teen that it just wove together yeah. with real life and, which is not, and quotables. Which, which is not special to me. I think a lot of people yeah, yeah. feel that way about music. We feel that way about love songs. Who hasn't been through a breakup where there's some songs that either get you through it or that you can't even listen to? Right, right. Because your body responds to, to that emotional situation. So to me, now I'm obviously a little bit more of a verbal person. For, so to me, it's I love the music, but the lyrics uh, come in. So it would, it would happen socially, it would, my, my, I had a group, I have a group of friends where when I would kick a bar, they developed a term, I've never talked about this, but this is the right place to do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, my one friend Carlos would be like, uh, he would say something and I would hit him with a bar and he'd be like, not relevant. <laughs> and I'd be like, but the word was, that's a word in the bar. And he's like, yeah, you're doing word association, but it was not relevant I to love, this moment. I love, this is Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. Love you, shout Carlos. Out, great shout job. out to Carlos. Great job. Sharpened you up. That sharpened way, you up. Shout out to, since we brought it up, Hearts Bushwick, Carlos, minority-owned business yeah. in Brooklyn. Go check it out. So Carlos, yeah. so he would shorten it to rel check. And just that was relevance check I like this. to it. So sometimes I'll he'd be like, boom, 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 meet it. He'd be like, 
me there, I'm going to be running five minutes late. And I was like, I'll be there in five minutes. Five hours later, I'll be there in five minutes. Right. Kanye. And he would write back like, relevant. Like that. <laughs> okay. And he was running late. Versus something else I would like a word say. And he would just write back, rel check. And in person, same thing. They'd be like, rel check. So I was always doing that to answer your question. Then doing it on TV. I mean, when I first started doing it on TV, there was the weirdness of it. But then we could be real in this real space, right? Right, right, right. There was the weirdness of it. And then there was the black adjacency of it. Right. And to even be black adjacent, that is to even mention, discuss, or perhaps raise these things in certain spaces in white dominated society, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, although maybe some people don't want to know, is to go, well, uh, like you can always feel it like that. So I think the combo of the weirdness, which I admit, and, I, and was socially also reacted to, and Honestly, the, the blackness, the, the association of black hip hop as a black led art right, form. Right. Yeah, no, there was definitely initially like confusion or static, but I never stopped. <laughs> and do you like the confusion? Do you like the weirdness? Do you like the, is there something about Ari Melber that loves to see mm. when you do a thing that it, you can now study someone's reaction to it? It tells you something about them or the environment that you're in. Has to. Interesting, I mean, that's a deep cut on the psychology of yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even know if I'm the best person to give the accurate answer because we, we, we tend to be biased about yeah. ourselves, but I think you're onto something that both the way I am personality-wise and the way I was raised, like the way my parents raised me in a very education-oriented, uh, social justice-oriented and questioning Talmudic, that's what Jews call yeah. it, a Talmudic yeah, yeah. approach, definitely made me more skeptical of conformity. Right. So if I do something, it could be the lyric thing or something else, and there's a conformist reaction of we don't do that here, You're no, like, that doesn't appeal I to do me. I do that though. That, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't appeal to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had one time- Which Irv is very hip hop, by the way. Exactly. Which is very hip hop. I mean, can I tell you a brief anecdote? Of course you can. I was at a Starbucks. This was back when they used to give you the yellow Starbucks card. Don't even know nothing about that. Yeah, it's like a gold colored Starbucks. This is Seattle talk, y'all. This is, he's from the land. This is a gold. That's the Starbucks motherland, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah oh yeah, no, yeah. we, yeah, that's, that's the Starbucks. So yeah. this was many years ago, over a decade ago, that were not the apps, and you had a gold Starbucks card if you were a frequent Starbucks user. Yeah. And I was at a counter, and I was putting the card out, and the young lady barista was like, Oh, you out here with the gold card, you know? And I was like, I'm working on, you know, like, the, and my friend was like, okay, like, and I was like, but you know what, what Kanye said? And my friend, this is pre lyric drop. Okay. My friend goes, don't. Like, you could see their <laughs> physical nervousness, and they're worried that it was gonna go bad. And here's the thing about any step in life it could go bad. That's right, that's right. And I said to the young lady, I said, Oh my God, is that a black card? I replied, why, yes, but I prefer the term African American Express. Express. And she like fell out. I mean, yes, it's my story, so I could be exaggerating, but she was like, oh my God, grabbed someone, they all talk, this and that. And then we got the coffee, and my friend afterward, now this is after the validation of we just shared a moment, and life, yeah. what is life but a series of moments? We just shared a nice moment with That's a stranger right. about going about our day, and my friend afterward goes, well, you're lucky that worked out. Like, I was like, you're still nervous after all this? Yeah. And so I guess that's my answer to your question. The, yes, I, it's not that I didn't notice the 
Yeah. But it didn't it didn't dissuade me. Right. Well, and like I said, it's also A, very hip hop. And it's also B, I think you know that people are gonna make an assumption of you because your appearance. And so when you come with the lyric, they're like, what does he know about that? <laughs> and you know it it causes joy. It brings joy. Um, but has it ever gone bad? You mean like Meek Mill going bad? Yeah. Um, has it gone bad? It's never gone to a terrible place. Right, 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 right. Um, it's definitely gone flat. Yeah, I was gonna say. Some I had flat a ones. real straight-edged. I've had to call you on some flat ones. I think on the on Ebo in the morning <laughs> there when you, you came. And I'm like, nah. I'm gonna go with next time you come on. I'm gonna go relevancy check. Did go relevancy check? Because you come Carlo. in hot sometimes, and I'm like, nah. You just feel like spitting bars. <laughs> yeah. I don't have nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> that's it. If it has nothing to do with nothing, you just feel like yeah. dropping some heat. Yeah, all that's right. it. So that's hey, we got to. And that's clean too, by the way. <laughs> keep each other real. There was a time on TV. I had a campaign finance lawyer. He was a Republican lawyer. And if you specialize in campaign finance, like law is kind of dry. That's extra boring. Like it's so boring. Like if I started describing it to you, we would just the podcast would just end. Yeah, yeah like it would just so short boring. out. So the guy was on. The interview was boring. I was bored. I was like, if I'm bored, I know that everyone's bored. And he said, and that's why, yes, you can raise a lot of money, but it has to still be regulated or whatever. And I said, well, it's like Lil Wayne said, too much money ain't enough money. And I held the silence. And this guy, he didn't break one iota. He just was like a Republican in a suit, and he just sat like, and then I was like, well, I'm going to hold this. And I just held it, and he's holding it. And now it's like, how long is this silence going to go? Because he clearly decided that he was not going to engage on that. That's right. And that might have been the best decision for him as a live TV guest right. or whatever. That's right. And I'm holding it, and he's holding it, and it's going so long. And the producer finally gets in my ear. They don't get in my ear that much because it's like fast, but like it's news. But he gets in my ear, and he's like, well, we have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and so after like the extended pain, yeah. I said, well, moving on, and just kept, and just kept it going. Right, so right. I felt that was funny, but like, did people love that? No, to your point, it, that one might have been real flat for some viewers. In just retrospect, like, people are gonna look back though. That's gotta be a classic. <laughs> I think it. I think it's very classic. It's but that's be just a me. Uh, speaking of Wayne, he's on your playlist, uh, motherfucking right, with Two Chains, the remix. I love that song. So that's one that slaps. And it spits facts. No, that's just a, that's just a bang. <laughs> that's, that's just no, slap. that's just a bang. Yeah, that's it. That's a song. Motherfucking right is a song where like. You could be down and out. You could not be in the mood to go out. You could even be a little downcast. And the first couple bars, you might just feel like it's in the background. I defy you not to move by the middle of the song. Like, you're going to start moving. Yeah. It's that good a song. And by the way, let me ask you, does it get its due? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this one's uh, regarded as highly as it should be. And that also motivated me, like, some of the songs I put on here, some are classics, but some like... But in the world of the internet, right, you gotta know, someone's gonna jump in the comments on this one and go, nah, I listen to every day. Good. Me and all my friends, ah. Let's but meet up. Come rel check me. <laughs> Let's meet up at the comments. I mean, that's, and like Desire's like that too. Yeah. You yeah. put on Desire, Desire Among, it sounds yeah, yeah. so classic, corner, Brooklyn hip hop that you're like, do I, did I forget this song? Do I know this song? You're like, no, this song is just that good. Um. Back to some socio-political yeah. shit. Uh, you lean into Jay-Z's verse on God Did, and you've used Jay-Z verses many times on your show. 
You're the only thing I think you and, and Joanne Reed are probably the only two news, television news things that I watch hmm. semi-regularly. I get most of my information from, you know, reading New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Twitter feed, whatever, you know, AP, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you have gone to the Jay-Z lyric bin mm. number of times, mm -hmm. rightfully so, mm -hmm. greatest of all time, most accomplished. Uh, lyrically dense, intelligent, like, makes sense. Um, what was the feedback you got from how you broke down Jay-Z's God Did Verse? Not from hip-hop, mm. from the other world, the non-hip-hop world, the news space, the people who don't break down lyrics like that, who don't, may have, may have not ever heard that verse before. Did you see any interesting responses to your breakdown? The mainstream response was positive. It had an air of revelation. Okay. Almost of growth. Uh, and so I care about this a lot. And so for me, this was an interesting moment of a lot of different things coming together over time. Um, on my message playlist, I did put the original God Did very hot song. Because there's hot your breakdown right version, which is on streaming services too. Thank you, Ebro. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not put down what Jay-Z released recently, which is available on Apple Music. He released an uh, excerpt of my breakdown, about 11 minutes of it, just us going through, my voice going through the lyric breakdown as a track, and that's now released called Hove Did. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most surreal and exciting things that's ever happened in my life, and I think I would say that at at the end of my life as well. Mm -hmm. As someone who grew up studying, inspired by Jay-Z, as a poet, as a writer, as a thinker, and at this stage in his career, as someone who really creates and builds the businesses and the organizations and the world that he wants to live in, um, in a way that not everyone's able to do, but he's continued to level up. I didn't know it was possible that he would release my take or an interpretation of his work as a new track of his work. Um, so it was only some sense of propriety that I did not put Hove did on this playlist, but I wanted to. I know you did. I wanted to. And to your question, so the breakdown we did was just taking this seriously, just treating it as the poetry that it is, mm -hmm. um, just analyzing the facts that undergird the poetry. Many of those facts are achievements in his life. Other parts of those facts are the world we live in and whether we can actually see it and what takes us there. So, for example, if we look at what laws do, laws pick sides and create legitimate and illegitimate, free and imprisoned. If the laws treat black people who use marijuana one way and white people who use marijuana the other way, or crack and cocaine, or I could give you many examples, then everything after that point is a product of the law, which is to say the politics, which is to say the oppression. So the song explores that in an incredible way without, in my opinion, ever actually being preachy, mm -hmm. which is annoying. Like if someone listens to me too long, they might be like, okay, Ari, like you're just preaching and pushing and whatever. I hope not, but that's possible. In no way does that happen on the track. The track is fly, the track is interesting. You gotta keep listening to it to understand the layers and the levels that he is explaining if you are able to keep up, mm -hmm. which I think can be hard at times. And so he's telling you a story about what opioids and fentanyl are regulated as and treated as, a multi-billion dollar industry, and if some white people get hooked on them, they need our empathy, 
and they need our health care, and maybe they need subsidized therapy, and that's all over here. And then this is how the drug trade in inner city and black and brown communities is treated. Mm -hmm. And he's going through that while also telling you at the same time that he did overcome it. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting because we have this American credo about, yeah, but a lot of things are hard, you gotta level up. And he's like, uh, I leveled up more than everyone in the comments. Find me a commenter who can really talk to me. So I did level up and I did overcome and I did do this fake bootstrap thing that not everyone is in a position to be able to even do. Mm -hmm. And that luck is also explicated on the song because even as he brags, if it looks unreal to you, think how surprised we are. Right. And so there's so much pathos and emotion and drug policy all in there. So that's what we broke down. The response was super positive. And I will say that not, since we're kind of getting into the de details of it, sometimes there's things we do on the news and they, they are received well in the mainstream or sometimes they're, really, they're received well in the musical community. This was one where it was interesting. It kind of was all together Everybody. for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention, you know, I'm not a big sports person, real talk. I'm just not. I respect it, obviously, but I'm not involved. You don't follow it. So LeBron was the first person the morning after to put out. He didn't just say it was a good report. He shared the actual YouTube link of the report. I've never had LeBron James share one of our segments before. This may sound naive, but I was like, that really boosted him. <laughs> Like you know I know, it, I understand. I respect LeBron a hundred, but I did not understand someone who's like that really boosted it, bro. Yeah, you wouldn't. You don't. You don't say. You thought, <laughs> you thought LeBron was LeBron was a small fish. I uh, honestly would have thought of it as similar to if a certain like a, a prominent artist did it. Yeah, it was bigger. It was than bigger that. than that. Yeah. LeBron's bigger than that. And it was like out in the mainstream culture too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus music. Sports crosses all boundaries. I mean, as we as we see, which is why so many people are just angry at LeBron or loving LeBron. Well, exactly. And he in the in the piece, he shared the link. So he he or his folks found the actual link. No, yeah. I want people to see this. That boost. He said, "Listen, listen twice," because I said that in the piece. And then he said, "Listen, Jay." And at the end, he said something like, "The reporter got it too." So I changed my Twitter name to the reporter. Reporter. And yes. I ain't changed it back. You stay right there. Stay right there. If Let's you get a nickname. Stick with it, especially if LeBron gave it to you. The Facts and What Slaps. That's the name of Ari Melber's message playlist, which you can find right now on Apple Music. Stacked with hip-hop, heat rocks like Drake, Pusha T, Wale, Jay-Z, Davies, and many more. Just search Ari Melber right now on the app. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get new episodes delivered to your device automatically. Let's get back to my combo with MSNBC's Ari Melbourne. So this is um, where I want to go is uh, see if I could put this together. When I when I say what's America about, you say an incredible promise that is mostly a lie, but can be turned into a fulfillable promise. Okay. And would you say that? Right now, that is the biggest, I don't know if I'll call it rift or conflict or struggle that we're having as a society is that the marketing of America and the truth of America, because your message is truth, the truth matters. Truth matters, yeah. People don't want the truth to matter 
Mm -hmm. Some people don't want the truth to matter mm -hmm. because it fractures the marketing. And reconciling those two things into a place where we can move forward is the biggest struggle of the past century of this nation. Yes. And we are at, I believe, one of the, I would say one of the most contested moments because it involves the political infrastructure. It's not black folks versus white America, immigrants versus white America, uh, you know, um, a world war taking place, uh, us stealing land from indigenous people, indigenous, this is America versus America right this second of what, do we, and by I'm using the loose term of we because there's so many different groups, it's not, there's, un, there's not unity, of we really, where we really want this to go. Would you agree or disagree? I agree. How deep do you want to get here? As deep as you want. As deep as the abyss. What's going it? Uh, was it not Drake who said, <laughs> if we together, it's going to be a brief one. Yeah. Back in the ocean you go, it's a deep one. He, he sure did that. I thought and he was that, gonna come with the Wu Tang, <laughs> "Deep as the Abyss." Brothers respected or something like that, wasn't it? The Wu Tang lyric. I thought when I said "Deep as the Abyss," I thought I like he was gonna that. come with the Wu Tang. Well, that would have been more relevant. Yeah, it would have been more relevant. Rel check. <laughs> um, I'll give you the what I think is the the sad truth, and I'm gonna mention because we're here with Apple Music, and I mean when I first hooked up with Apple, I called you. We talked mm. about it. If people go on, if you search Melbourne, go Nebula Radio. It's not going to be this much politics. No. It's mostly music. music. That's so right. I'm just, just putting that out there for folks who are like, okay, go find that. You got a lot of music and lyric breakdowns. But since we're getting into it and it's your show, the reason that I think right now feels so heavy, if you actually take a longitudinal historical view, is we are in this generation coming out of Jim Crow, the civil rights movement, the next generation, and the population shift of having racial minorities exercise actual political power in most of the country for the foreseeable future, unless we lose our democracy. That's right. So- And some people, it seems, are willing to tear it down to prevent that. That's exactly it. And so this struggle to say what they teach you in school, the oldest democracy, that's not true. If a democracy is a place where everyone has reasonable access to vote, then obviously, when you look at women or racial minorities, we're not the oldest democracy. So that's not true. Right. What I mentioned, the promise, if the promise is to get there, that's great. And everyone knows in life, at an individual level, let alone a giant organization or a society, if you want progress, you have to compromise and work. We all get that. So as a promise, I still like it. Because there are plenty of countries right now, they don't you promise don't that. You promise. No. You can go to Putin's Russia, right? I mean, travel is interesting because it'll make you see possibilities, but also make you appreciate certain things you might have taken for granted in your hometown, your That's home right. country. That's so, right. you know, it's a big world. But the promise is good, the reality is not there, and the conflict that you just explicated is, as we get to that point, as you have, for example, multiple presidential tickets in a row have racial minorities on the ticket. Mm -hmm. uh, Obama, Biden, Biden, Harris, right? Joe Biden's just like, look at my friends. <laughs> but the constant 
to a lot of people watching is, oh, and so for some people that's hope and that's, wow, a woman is vice president, a woman could actually run this country. And then you have other people going, okay, yeah, women have the right to vote, but they don't actually want to be governed that way. That to them is a, I mean, look at the way people talk about Kamala Harris, right? And race. And so when you take that together, the real question is not can America evolve into a democracy, which is recent, you could date that to roughly the mid 60s with still mm -hmm. criticism. Or the question is, was that actually a brief moment in time where there was almost universal suffrage and within a generation it was like, but not if it means certain people are in charge, then suddenly you slide back to fascism. Mm -hmm. That's a very real question. I don't have the future, I, don't I can't predict, but what we're talking about is can you maintain a democracy in a society that was raised on at a historic level, I'm not talking about this generation, historically raised on slavery, misogyny, and apartheid, and now eyeing this other way has a resurgence of what? Of a semi-fascist apartheid model. Right, right. Those are profound It's always been questions. in there like rap. It's always been, mm. See, I'm good at commercials, you're good at rap. <laughs> Everybody gotta play their part, you that's bro. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, that's heavy though. Like yeah. that's not a that's not, you know, if you put this, you put this on, you're listening to Ebro and Ari, I get it. If it's they not, know what they're gonna get. If they <laughs> tuned in to Ebro and Ari, they know what they if you thought it was something else, <laughs> bro, congratulations, you played yourself. Amen. I, I wasn't gonna have you up here and not and not get into it. But if it's like morning, you're trying, you're like, I hear you, Ari, but I'm going to work, I gotta get through the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But on the other hand, we can't ignore it. Completely. Right. Well, I think context is important, right? Because there is a there is a population of people that really don't give a damn about the tone and and temperature of the government, the federal government, which is so much about the tone of the nation that then either, as you saw during the Trump days, emboldens individuals to show their ugliest, truest self and feel like it's okay. And I'm not of the school that thinks that that should be just let loose out here, where you get to be this unabashed asshole. Like, no, that's not clean for the neighborhoods and communities yeah. in the large society, because that is, uh, 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 it's contagious. Sure. Right, in a, in a bad, and I want the other thing to be contagious, where you respect and you have decorum, and even if I want to be an asshole, I want everyone else to be classy. I can't be the asshole I want to be if everybody gets to be an asshole. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I need some, I need some level setting here. And I just wanted to get your opinion because you talk to individuals uh, who are studying this, like who literally every day are studying the behavioral trends of voting populations, the working population, and what are they, are people really afraid at the highest levels? Are they concerned about where we are as a nation or is that, pro, is that just stuff to make people click on a link and, and tune into a show? No, I would say I talk to experts who've taken the long view on this. So it's not just someone who says, oh, you always dislike Trump, now you wanna compare him to a regime. No, it's people who study this and they have that broader perspective. And unlike some people, I try to talk to everybody. So I interviewed, Peter Navarro more than once. He was in the Trump White House at the end going into the insurrection. He admitted to me that they had a plan to try to hijack the congressional process on the floor that they thought could help override Biden's vote and stay in power. That's when I asked him, I said, you realize you're describing a coup. 
He said, no, I'm not. I think of it this way. But I'm in dialogue with him, too. So that's what we do in the news. I, I do think we're at a point where there is a growing support for the vision of America as a place that doesn't really have free and fair elections. I don't think that's a wild statement. Uh, and then there's a... And, and, and for context, America is a place that for generations didn't have exactly. free and fair elections. Exactly. So it's like and the, so the finger was always on the scale. Exactly. And now that black folks delivered Biden this presidency in Atlanta, Milwaukee, uh, Detroit, Philadelphia, these swing states, now something has to be done. And that's what we're talking about. And that's why like the, the, book, the book about European fascism was it can't happen here and it was a warning that it can. Well, but in the United States, it already has happened here, to your point. Right. So it's sort of, are people comfortable with that? Yeah, they can return to that. I think that's sort of the but they issue. don't see it as fascism. They see it as the American way, which is what I kind of wanted to walk yeah. this conversation into is yeah. because there's so much about the founding of this nation that was a marketing idea, an invitation to the world, send us your this, your that, and blah, 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 blah. And then people got here and was like, oh, y'all didn't really want us here. Yeah, I mean... The, the Chris Rock joke right after the election was a white American saying to him, I can't believe this happened. This is the worst thing that's ever happened in America that Trump won. And Chris Rock just goes, the worst thing? <laughs> right? So even that version of what was sometimes caricatured as a white liberal outrage, let right. alone what everyone else is already voting for, wants, and then all of that. So yeah, I think there's a lot of lying and some genuine confusion about right, that stuff. Right. Then there's, you talk about, you talk about uh, the myth-making. I mean, I heard a great, like, an immigrant's joke that said, oh, you know, they told my father it was the, the streets were paved with gold. When we got to America, we saw the streets weren't paved, and we were supposed to get the job to pave them, right? <laughs> right. And there's that, right? And that's a perspective of someone from somewhere else who's being told this is going to be a beacon of freedom, or you're going to be welcomed. Uh, I'm from an immigrant family. People with experience in immigrant families have a view about how well, how welcomed are you and in what role and right. in what way. Right. Right. So I think there's a lot of that. Again, I will mention it, it. There's a lot of other countries in the world that have a lot of other problems and some of them are worse. But they didn't make these promises. Well, some of them probably did. I mean, there's definitely been authoritarians who said all kinds of crazy. Right, 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 right. I mean, Mao, you want to get into Mao. You know, Mao told everyone we're going to take a great leap forward and everyone will have more food than ever and a lot of people starve to death. There was a mismatch, right? Yeah, yeah. So again, but we're not... He didn't you know, deliver. I don't think Chairman Mao delivered. Not the way he deliver. said he would. That's right. So again, I'm not one to just complete... But again, we're, we're talking about the country we live in. And uh, here, I, I, yeah, I think, that, I think that is the largest question. And to me, it's not really a left-right question, um, although most of the threat is coming from the current MAGA right. But it's a larger question of what America wants to, to be. be. Right. And what we're going to fight for because they say democracy is a, it's a contact sport. You got to stay engaged. Well, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Uh, back to your message playlist. Where are we going? Cashmere Thoughts? You want some Hove? We was talking we about love, Hove. We love some Hove. I love Cashmere Thoughts. I think we should get into that and given the conversation we're having. Maybe Family Feud? Nobody family, wins if the Family Feuds. Family Feud, 444. And I would say let's preview... Face the World, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, okay. known for many bangers, but he is on the facts side mm -hmm. of this playlist when you listen now to him talking about the justice system, the fact that everyone has something to contribute. 
do we really believe that or not? Um, it's and, and and how years in his community are like dog years, the way people are working and being aged and being stressed. So I encourage everyone to give a close listen to Face the World. Face the World, Nipsey Hussle, RIP Nipsey. Can we get deep enough on that last one for you? We got real deep. That's what I mean about that. It's just like, because I'm always like, are you going to depress people? Yeah, I don't worry about that. Good. That's good. I joke around enough for, yeah, yeah. Saying, for there to be some serious shit once in a while. And you didn't like my Chairman Mao, he didn't deliver joke? Clearly he didn't deliver? I didn't want to go too near it. <laughs> I saw you stay away from that joint. You was like, <laughs> you know, I got to do what I got to do. Chairman Mao jokes? It's not, <laughs> no, no, I mean, nobody wants it? Nobody wants it? You, it's your show. You got to tell your jokes. <laughs> Uh, yo, this is The Message. Apple Music, Ari Melbourne, thank you for coming by the program. Before I let you go... Yes, sir. I gotta do the hip-hop thing with you. Your top five MCs right now. Go. Right now. Just all time right now, though, because I know, knowing you, you're, you love rap, so it could... All time or, who, or who's hot top five this moment? No, 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 your all time... My all time top five. Top five... But the reason I always say right now is because I believe a real hip-hop connoisseur it can is going to... I could ask you this six years ago. It could have been one top five, and today it could have it changed. Jay-Z. Okay. For the poetry. Okay. Tupac for the justice. Mm -hmm. Biggie for the classics. Mm -hmm. Lauryn Hill mm -hmm. for changing the game. Mm -hmm. And perhaps the most controversial, but I don't care. Yay. For being yay. <laughs> being some of yay, go look at the catalog at how many times Great. he's moved the culture forward. Don't talk to me about how you don't like the way he did an interview or ordered his dinner. Because yeah. this ain't my top five for giving interviews yeah. or ordering dinner. And it's certainly it's not your top five favorite people. You don't know, you may not certainly know. Certainly not. And it's yeah. not for politics. Yeah. It, it's wild to me, people who love hip hop then default back to like, but I don't like the way he loves his life. And it's like, what? Because that's a different list. <laughs> that's a different list. Show me, show me your top five <laughs> best friends you want in the game when you're like, all right, that's a different list. Um, I was thinking about that the other day because I had a some time away. And I just went through and listened to every Ye album in order. So good. And even though he's already in my top five, when I when I listen back to 808 and Heartbreak, and I remember how people received it then, and then you look at the entire, like, I would say, what, three to six years of Travis Scott and Lil Uzi and everyone's sound, and God bless. But it took, like, this older guy, it took your older brother to get you in this lane. Well, let's not leave Kid Cudi out of that combo, because Kid Cudi was right there during the 808s. Question. Does Kid Cudi move in the culture without no, the no, Kanye no, 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 lane? No, no, I'm not saying, listen, Kanye West's magic is the fact that he could pull from so many different places in the purest sense of hip-hop to make a new thing mm. and, 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 and put his inertia and his energy into a thing. That is a gift beyond gifts, right? Where you can say, no, 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 I like how, I like what you're doing. I'm gonna add my little thing to it. And I like what you're doing and I'm gonna take these things and make it a new thing. That is Kanye's magic from the beginning, from chopping beats and figuring out how it all goes together, the putting the puzzle pieces together and making the, the complete picture. So yeah, I'm just bringing up Kid Cudi because a lot of people like to give me shit because I said 808s isn't 808s without Kid Cudi. Respect. And what we know of Kanye today isn't without 
808s and heartbreaks because that was a transitional Respect. moment that Kid Cudi I was a part that. of. Yeah, and, right? and it's not the same Picasso without Velasquez. Right. But people are like, oh man, but he kind of biting on the Velasquez. No, he's not biting. This is culture. Yeah. You know, and Tomorrow, you, you need your parents' DNA. Yeah. Man, you really like, really bit off both your parents for this body. <laughs> like, you're just biting, bro. <laughs> it's like, no, you show me something that came from nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. show me that in, in, in life or culture. Can I get my honorable mentions in? Of course. So we did top five MCs. That's right. Honorable mention and the best at features, Andre 3000. Okay. Some of the features that I've studied and moved me the most. Absolutely. Um, and then Lil Wayne, to me, is just, there's just a molasses flow there that has yeah. to be recognized. Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne's in there. The catalog, to me, at an artistic level, the catalog is all over the place. Right. It's a chaotic catalog, right? And it's one of those things of like, you wonder about, do you want all of the artists work? Do you want them in their prime? Do you want them managing? Like if you, if we sat down and tried to manage Lil Wayne's career, right, which had its adversity, you might do it a little different. So the catalog is chaotic, but Lil Wayne to me is also up there. Now Lil Wayne deserves to be there. And he's one of the only ones like Jay-Z. It's interesting that the artists that we are told from many sources don't write, but have that, Ability, Jay and Lil, and Lil Wayne both reportedly don't write much. They just work it out and flow it out. Mm -hmm. And when you look at some of the things he says and where they come from, I'm like, that's a different kind of brain. When, do you hate when people ask you, because um, I personally do, what is your favorite album of all time? Do you have one? My most classic might be Black on Both Sides. Okay. By most Jeff, just because it's like, it just speaks to me and hip hop and it's such a, uh, but a favorite album of all time of all genres, yeah. I wouldn't say I have that. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that either. It's so hard for me. It's so it's much music. Hard. I mean, growing up, there are multiple Bob Marley albums like Uprising or Kaya that were so foundational that they're an emotional favorite because I put them on and I feel 14 again. Right. And that's a funny, like, nothing else makes me feel as 14 as those albums. I mean, right. you know, and I was so... I was so nerdy and skinny and just sort of discombobulated. And I just can remember the feeling of like my personal awkwardness mixed with like my excitement about trying to go to that party that night and just just blasting like coming in from the cold mm. by Bob. Like so I when I so that's a favorite personal, but it's not like I'm like handing that out to everyone because that might not connect, you know, for them right, it might right, be take right. care does that for them. Right. Take care, Drake. Just thinking about your listeners. Got it, got it. Got it. Or viewers. Who knows where things go today? Do you have a podcast? I don't have a regular podcast, but The Beat is available on your Apple podcast. pod every night. You can get the whole so thing. So it is a podcast. We release the show as a podcast, and we do extras. It's a long going. I'm fucking with you. I fuck with somebody else <laughs> all the time because I don't know what a podcast well, is. Well, that's what I'm, no. To me, if a podcast is, can I mention Joe Budden on this chair? If I, my If Joe Budden's sitting and they're releasing a pod, and they go three hours because it's a pod, and, that's all, and it has no visuals, I mean, That's you a can, podcast. Yeah, that is can, a podcast. You can find a video if you want to watch him and Ish just like like sitting there, right? But it's a it's chiefly a pod. Yeah. Right. Like you're on a you're you're part of a great streaming and technology company here. So it's, it's well, we invented the podcast. How about that? How about that? And and so I always ask people, can you even do a podcast? Because the iPod is no longer available. So nobody's doing a podcast. I mean, I can get you, I can go one better than that if you want. Look at your keyboard. 
Look at the spacing of the letters on the keyboard. Okay. They call it the QWERTY keyboard. That's right. That we all use. That's right. Those letters are spaced out to be as far apart from the letters that you would use close together in spelling words, which is to say it is the slowest way to put together typing because the letters that come closest in typing, like T and H, will be separated. Why is that? Why? Because it was the keyboard that was designed for typewriters when if you hit T and H at similar times, the two typewriters would stick and jam. Right. So we have a system that's built to slow down typing because of the technology at, at that, that time. time. Now we're in this world, there is an alternative keyboard. It's not the QWERTY. Some really smart person designed it for this world, so they're on the jamming. So T and H, every time you type the, it's like you don't even think about it. And no one has adapted to that. Have you ever seen the alternative keyboard? No. I haven't. Like, I've never even seen it in an office. So there's so many things like that in life. We're like, yeah, kids, We're have, stuck. This, kids have the summer off for farming. At every school, most uh, every school. Yeah. Summer off for farming. These kids ain't farming, bro. Well, and don't we still fall <laughs> back for farming? Or spring forward for farming? Which All one that, it? yeah. Fall yeah. back, so it was all for farming. Yeah, so, so basically going to our original conversation mm -hmm. about shit we're doing in society uh -huh. that we're coming to this point of, of a real awakening. The keyboard, none of y'all are doing a podcast because <laughs> you don't have an iPod, <laughs> and fucking your keyboard is slowing you down. So there you go. So to, to wrap it back to your question, I won't claim that our show is a podcast because it's a different energy, but yes, you can get that every night. I mentioned YouTube. You can get the beat, the audio of the beat every night. We do podcast extras, like our most recent podcast extra is about Hove Did, and that we released as a pod, meaning I talk to you, it's not me on TV. We have some sound of Khaled talking to me that's just audio. Mm -hmm. So that's a different, but we only do that, you know, once, twice a month because yeah. I got the thing. The last thing I should have mentioned is we talk so much about the insurrection. I'm writing a... a chapter on the coup conspiracy, why it was bigger than the insurrection, it was a full coup, and that's gonna come out as part of the January 6th report. So you can get my coup conspiracy and the entire January 6th report when the committee puts it out. Dope. So just go in Melbourne, Jan 6th. Since we're plugging stuff, I like, I'm I mentioning like that by I the like end. Never, never stop plugging stuff, buddy. Never stop. You never got a stop. lot going on, I appreciate you. Thank you, Ibra. Ari Melbourne, this is The Message. It's Apple Music. The Message. Don't push me. Call up close to the edge. An open dialogue about the voices of today and their experiences through music that inspires them.